You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back this morning. We are at St. Mary's Church in Cook, Minnesota, part of the Diocese of Duluth. Mark Cheney, your host this morning, alongside Father Nick Nelson. Father, it is just such an honor to be here. This is my home church. I grew up in this church, grew up uh, just south of uh, Cook in a little community called Angora, and it's, it's so great to be back home. And for you, you have got some really big shoots because you've got St. Mary's here, you've got St. Martin's in Tower, and you've got uh, the one in Orr. The yeah, Holy Cross. Holy Cross. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, wow, it's just, it's so fascinating to be here and uh, such an honor. Yeah, not just the location, but right, uh, the date of this. Um, yes. Not because it's April Fool's, but because no. we're, we're, heading, we're heading into the Sacred Triduum. And uh, this past Sunday, on Palm Sunday for my, my homily, I really uh, was kind of moved to, to talk about, you know, this Holy Week and how this, this week means something to us Christians. For thousands of years, uh, Christians have been celebrating this week, sometimes, you know, in their house churches, like at the early years after Jesus. Um, with Constantine, you know, they are allowed to then build churches and then, you know, build beautiful basilicas they celebrated holy week uh, you know through um, centuries you know in christendom you know large churches but there are even times during that uh, especially when the church was in missionary mode you know to various places um, japan the far east latin america uh, very again you know small humble beginnings but christians celebrated holy week um, last century you know, the underground church in many places, Holy Week. This week means something. Um, and it's because we, as Christians, we've, we've repented. We've, we've turned our life over to Jesus to follow him because we believe in his promises um, that we'll be rewarded, that he'll take care of us, that he's, he's with us. And so this week is, is everything. Uh, we, we've gone all in in following Christ. And so... This week um, is different for us than it is for any other people who don't fully entrust themselves to Christ. Because uh, without Holy Week, you know, we're not we're not Christians. So very true. So so very intense for us. At least me personally, uh, this week just kind of brings everything together. Yeah. Um, Spiritually and uh, physically and uh, just the whole meaning. It's so difficult too, right? Because in our world, it, mm-hmm. it is messy, it is busy, it is noisy. And for us to be, okay, oh, it is Tuesday of Holy Week. Oh, it's Wednesday. Okay, you know. Um, I think it also, for me, goes back to a reflection. As, as busy, as crazy as our world is, we look back at the church over the last 2,000 years, and it really parallels. It parallels with our life today, I feel. And, uh, you know, the, the, the distractions of the world are, are very similar to the way they were 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, you can think of, you know, even... Uh Christ carrying his cross, you know, we think of, you know, praying the stations of the cross and, you know, it needs to be, you know, nice and quiet and we, we appreciate that. But uh, remember when Jesus was carrying the cross, there were people shouting and <laughs> all this stuff. And yeah, it wasn't, uh, 
it wasn't uh, always perfect and prayerful, if you will. And uh, we do, we just we just do our best. But this this week is is the Super Bowl of of our of our faith, and uh, we join not just Christians throughout the world, but throughout all history. Uh, I find that powerful. Um, this kind of cloud of witnesses we're a part of um, as Christians and Catholics. Very, very powerful. And here we are already Thursday of this week, Holy Thursday. Let's let's break it apart. Let's elaborate. Yeah, I just hope we're getting ready. I mean, Sacred Triduum starts tonight with uh, Holy Thursday. And I thought, you know, for our time, this, this uh, few minutes before 10 o'clock and our next guest, we can talk mainly about the, the two sacraments that Christ gave us on Holy Thursday, the Eucharist and Holy Orders, and they are related. That's So it's not a coincidence that Jesus gave us both of them um, at the Last Supper, his last night with uh, his disciples, that last meal uh, with, with his disciples. And so the two sacraments that he gave us are the Eucharist and Holy Orders. We know there's seven sacraments, baptism, Confirmation, Eucharist, uh, Confession, Anointing of the Sick, Holy Orders, and Marriage. And two of them he gives us this night. Um, Eucharist, as we know, I think it can be helpful to consider Eucharist under two aspects. One is sacrifice, and the other is sacrament. And they go together again, because you can't have a sacrament without a sacrifice. And maybe a great example of this is anything you would eat. But maybe let's even go back to the Passover sacrifice. Uh, it's obvious, we, we remember, I think, clearly that they, they take the lamb, they kill the lamb, and uh, they take the blood and they put it on the doorpost, the lintel of the door. Okay. Um, but we kind of maybe forget that they actually eat the lamb, too. Part of the, the, the ritual, the celebration, to enter into that covenant that God gave to Moses and the Israelites is that um, they eat the actual flesh of the lamb. But in order to eat it, the lamb had to be sacrificed first. In order to be, in a sense, sacrament, that which you consume, it had to be sacrificed first. Okay? And now we pass, or we fast forward to the Last Supper and... Uh, the sacrifice and sacrament that Jesus gives us at the Last Supper. And it's both sacrifice and sacrament. In order for us to, we think of the Eucharist often, I think, exclusively most Catholics as a sacrament, meaning that which we consume, have communion with God. But in order for it to be a sacrament, it has to be first a sacrifice. Uh, and so Jesus gives us this ritual on Holy Thursday, which the next day he would give his body, give the his his bloods his his life um, for this this ritual and this sacrament. So maybe something to consider is the kind of the question is like we have the bread and the wine being consecrated at Mass. Now is this just because God Jesus wants us to some give us something to eat and something to drink? Um, just to have, you know, like a full meal. And no, it's actually, the reality is, the reason for the double consecration, the bread and then the wine, is for a sacrifice. So consider the bread being consecrated into the body, blood, soul, and divinity, and then the, the wine and the, 
the body, blood, soul, and divinity, because again, you have a particle of the host, all of Jesus. Drop of the, the precious blood, all of Jesus. So the only reason we, we have that double consecration, or the main reason, is to symbolize the death, the separation of blood from flesh, death. So in order for the Eucharist to be a sacrifice, we have that, to have that double um, consecration. But as a sacrament, again, because you receive all of Jesus, you only need one or the other, and you only need a tiny bit of one or the other to have Jesus fully as a sacrament, the Eucharist as a, as a sacrament. And so Jesus gives us this, this great sacrament, which is the result of a sacrifice of his, his body, blood, soul, and divinity on Calvary, um, but that is represented in that the living Christ is offered on our altars at every Mass. So that's that's the Eucharist. Um, what else can we, we say? Any follow-up questions quickly on that, Mark, That on the Eucharist part? It it goes hand-in-hand. Yeah. Hand. I, I really don't have any questions, but, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it just seems like it's, it, it's nested together. You, mm -hmm. you, like you said, you can't have one without yeah. the other. It's a sacrifice and a sacrament, and, uh, you know, the sacrifice comes first. Yeah, and maybe I uh, can say, too, is <laughs> why do we believe this? Okay, right? Because um, looks like bread, tastes like bread. If you took a microscope it would still even after after consecration would still all the micro all the cells would look just like bread um same thing after consecration of the precious blood in the chalice even to the point of if you consumed enough of the precious blood you would be intoxicated so why why do we believe this well because jesus tells us <laughs> it's the only reason is Jesus tells us that this is his body, this is his blood. And Jesus, who is God, who can neither deceive nor be deceived, we take him on his word. And what the beautiful thing is, though, too, is the God is a father, and he's always kind of inspiring faith, moving us to greater faith. And so he's given us a number of miracles throughout the centuries, kind of as shot in the arm, saying, hey, I know it's kind of challenging, it does take faith, but truly believe these miracles um, have shown, you know, uh, miraculous things of the, the certain hosts actually turning into physical, actual blood. And in that case, then you can actually see the cells of blood. Um, it actually does change. Um, but for what we do at every Mass, and what we celebrate in particular tonight, the Mass of the Lord's Supper, uh, the Eucharist looks like bread, tastes like bread, looks like wine, tastes like wine. But we believe Jesus more than our, our senses, uh, that, that great hymn of St. Thomas Aquinas that we pray at benediction, uh, we, we say something to the, the extent of, uh, may faith supply what our senses kind of uh, deceive us with or whatever. Um, our senses are telling us something, yet we are choosing to believe something else because Jesus has told us. It is Holy Thursday. And this is Real Presence Live. We'll be back with more of our program this morning as we, uh, we talk a little bit more about the priesthood. We'll be back in just moments on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Father Bo Brown from the Diocese of Duluth. A lot of times, us as, as Catholics, we we struggle with the Holy Spirit because the, the Father is so approachable. He has a name that's very uh, that we all know, right? That we can relate to, and the Son as well. And when we get the Holy Spirit, oftentimes He can take this this kind of back seat in our relationship with God. And we see early on in the, in the Book of Acts and in uh, the disciples in the early life of the Church, we see how they live with the Holy Spirit and they express to us what it's like to live with Him and how he both sanctifies what they do and their ministry and gives them special gifts, and also how he sanctifies their own lives. And they talk about how the Spirit brings uh, certain effects in their life, like joy and peace, patience, kindness, generosity, self-control. So I think it's good for us to think about today. What's our relationship with the Holy Spirit like? Is he a real person in our lives? We have the same kind of relationship with him that we have with the Father and the Son. Real Presence Radio is experiencing rapid growth and has an additional opening in the Rapid City area for a part-time listener relations coordinator. This person will assist with spreading the word about RPR, including help with the live drives, fall banquet, and major gifts. A qualified candidate should demonstrate excellent self-management and time management skills. If you sense a call to serve God in this capacity, please send a cover letter, your resume, and references to Brittany at realpresenceradio.com or call 877-795-0122. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And here we are, Holy Thursday, March Henny, alongside Father Nick Nelson. We are coming to you this morning live on Real Presence Live from St. Mary's Church in Cook, Minnesota, part of the Diocese of Duluth. Welcome back, Father. Thank you, Mark. And we're talking about the the Eucharist, and uh, we'll jump into holy orders here quickly. But I think one final thing, maybe just to make this connection of sacrifice and sacrament, that the church actually prefers that the people at the mass too. So, the, first of all, the priest himself at the mass he has to consume the host and the precious blood that is um, consecrated at that particular mass. So even sometimes where you have a a mass with the bishops, a bishop, or whether you have a number of priests, those other priests, they're celebrating the mass, they're offering the mass to, they have to receive from the host consecrated at that mass. They can't receive from anything that comes from the tabernacle. And that's actually what the church prefers even for the laity at mass, is that they would also, they don't have to, it's not necessary, but the church prefers that they receive uh, hosts that are consecrated in a sense, sacrificed at that particular mass that they're at. Why? Again, because it shows the connection of sacrifice and sacrament. And then we'll talk maybe about this a little with Father Joel Hastings later in the show um, with the Sacred Triduum. So tonight we'll consecrate hosts, and we'll not, we won't only consecrate hosts um, for tonight's mass for the people who are here, but we'll consecrate enough hosts for uh, Good Friday um, because. Again, we'll talk about this. Uh, there is no Mass on Good Friday. Um, so 
with even with number of different parishes, I'll take the hosts from here that we consecrate tonight, and I'll bring them um, to the parishes tomorrow, the different churches that we have the Passion of the Lord. So that's a connection of sacrifice and sacrament. Now, earlier we were talking, Father, about the two sacraments on the Holy Thursday, uh, <coughs> the Eucharist and the priesthood. Let's, uh, let's dive into the priesthood as a sacrament and uh, the details of yeah. that. I mean, if you remember the, the Last Supper, Jesus invites his 12 closest disciples, the apostles. No one else is there but them. And uh, did this for two reasons, to show us that it's what he would give them, this new covenant, uh, the Mass, is communion, the Eucharist, is for his most intimate uh, disciples. And all of us are invited to that now. But at that Mass, at that um, Last Supper, it was just his closest disciples, the first priests and bishops. And so Jesus gave them the Eucharist, and he also made them capable of confecting the Eucharist, of offering the sacrifice. Uh, and that's what we call the sacrament of, of holy orders. I have this quote um, from Plutarch. <laughs> Plutarch is a Greek philosopher and historian from the first century um, AD. And I think it's, it's so profound because... Uh, it speaks to the reality of human beings that we need to be able to offer sacrifice. It's written in us. He says, quote, you may travel over the world and you may find cities without walls, without kings, without mint, without theater or gymnasium, but you will never find a city without God, without prayer, without oracle, without sacrifice, end quote. Uh, throughout all of history, People have been finding ways to offer sacrifice to the Creator. It's written in our heart. And sometimes we know in very crazy and evil ways, you know, child sacrifice and stuff. Um, but that's written in our heart that we need to offer God something. And so Jesus, he offers himself on Good Friday, but he's given us a way of making that sacrifice present. And he does that through um, the sacrifice of the Mass and Holy Orders. Um, Men who are not only consecrated, um, marked with baptism in Christ as part of the body of Christ, but men who are actually then marked through their ordination to act in the head of the body of Christ uh, as, as Jesus himself. And so Jesus gives us not only the sacrament uh, of the Eucharist, but he gives us the, also the sacrament so that we can offer the Eucharist as sacrifice and, and sacrament. And so, uh, um, in most places where it's uh, where it's where able to because of geography, the chrism mass, the mass that the bishop offers with the priests and the laity, uh, and the priests uh, renew their uh, priestly promises, is supposed to be on Holy Thursday, where it, where where it's where it's possible. Now in the Midwest, you know, we're spread out, and so if you want your priest to be at the Chrism Mass, it doesn't work too well on Holy Thursday because you would have to travel and then you want to have to get things ready for the Sacred Triduum. So it doesn't work too well. So, for example, in Duluth, we had ours uh, this past Monday. Um, but the reason is to connect the Chrism Mass, uh, the renewal of priestly vows, with Holy Thursday, what happened at the Last Supper, uh, the institution of this, this great, this great um, sacrament of, of Holy Orders. What you'll notice, people may question, okay, where, where do we see any evidence of this, you know, at the Last Supper in Scripture? Um, for example, tonight we have 
the Gospel from John about Jesus washing the feet. And the washing of the feet was believed to be a, a cleansing, a purification of priests before they would offer sacrifice. So they'd wash the Jewish, Levites would wash their feet in a sense before um, going to um, offer sacrifice. Uh, Aaron and, and his sons, before they were actually ordained and made pre priests, they went through a ritual washing. Uh, and so until recently, you know, the Holy Thursday um, washing of feet was restricted to men because that's that was kind of the, the symbolism of the washing of feet was the fact that these 12 uh, represent the apostles, the, the men in this preparation for the priesthood. Now, Holy Father Pope Francis has kind of expanded more broadly the meaning of this washing of feet that, you know, um, everyone... Um, should should do this wash feet in this sense of service uh but in a more uh, narrow way more direct way the washing of feet is um the church has traditionally seen that as a preparation for of offering sacrifice and um being able to uh, be consecrated into holy orders so we're talking about the priesthood and the original 12 we don't have a whole lot of time to elaborate on this, but can, can you take us from the timeline of Jesus, Holy Thursday, and the original 12 to where we're at today? Oh, yeah. So, um, these 12 in the upper room, uh, they would, we know, uh, not all of them stick really close to Jesus later that night. Uh, the only one at the cross at the end, right, is, is St. John. Um, but, Jesus would appear to all of them, um, except for Judas, who hanged himself. He would appear to all of them after his resurrection, and uh, he would ascend to heaven. And but before doing so, he would say, "Okay, uh, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have commanded you." And he told them though to wait until the gift of the Holy Spirit would come at Pentecost. And after Pentecost, these guys including now Matthias, was added to their number to make 12 again. Uh, they went to all over the world, establishing, you know, churches um, united to uh, the Church uh, of Christ. And uh, in these different local churches, they ordained priests and, and bishops. And uh, that has continued to, to this day to the point where we have a successor to St. Peter. We know who that is, our Holy Father Pope Francis. And then any bishop, we, we don't have enough good enough records to say, okay, so-and-so is the a successor to, you know, St. Matthew or, or St. Jude um, or St. Matthias. But we can say they're successors of the apostles because they've, they've um, succeeded uh, the apostles in that way. Um, so, yeah, we, we have this, this great connection from the upper room all the way uh, to today. And uh, as I can just say as a priest, um, to be able to, I don't see this as any sort of um, sense of pride, but just realizing the gift of being a priest, uh, being able to say words and God listens to me, right? So yes. when I say, I absolve you of your sins, God absolves uh, through me these sins. And when I say, this is my body, um, this is my body that becomes 
the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And it's, it truly is a, is, is a humble gift as, as a priest to be able to do this. And I think finally, maybe just to end with this for our, our section is, uh, the gift of the priesthood and what we would call quote, the authority, uh, is always for service in the church. Any sort of leadership in the church is always for service. It's not for power. And we see that misused in so many different ways, even in the church, authority used for power, but it's for service. In the gospel that we'll hear tonight, um, he says what Jesus washes our feet and he says, what I have done, you must also do. Okay? He says, I therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet. You ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that I have done, you should do also. It has been a great, great half hour here to Real Presence Live. We've been talking with Father Nick Nelson this morning, and uh, we've been talking about Holy Thursday and the two sacraments of the, uh, the Eucharist and the priesthood. When we come back, there's more of our program, so stay with us for Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live.